0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Engage to Flourish podcast. This is Damon, and I got Brett here with me, and we have a very special guest making a return appearance to the Engage to Flourish podcast. You might have also seen her playing Snow White in one of our Christmas programs. You also might have seen her leading her band, The Pulse, at our talent show, and you also might see her regularly playing the keyboards on the worship team. Welcome back, to the show, someone whose name I've butchered before, so we will just call her Agnes. Welcome back, Agnes.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back.
0: So we are continuing in our Elijah series, and this past Sunday, uh, Pastor Robert gave an awesome message on one of my favorite stories about Elijah, and I'm so excited for Wait, us. Hold sorry, sorry.
2: Hold on, Damon. Um, I was not in service this past Sunday, not because I was ditching church, but because actually I was teaching both of your kids. And so I know we're talking about the story, but could you um, refresh my memory on what the story actually is on Elijah?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great idea, Brett. Uh, Damon, why don't we start at 1 Kings chapter 18, starting from verse 19.
0: Now then send and gather to me all Israel at Mount Carmel, together with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table.
1: So Ahab sent a message among all the sons of Israel and brought the prophets together at Mount Carmel. Elijah came near to all the people and said,
0: How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal... Follow him,
1: But the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people,
0: I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now let them give us two oxen and let them choose one ox for themselves and cut it up and place it on the wood, but put no fire under it and I will prepare the other ox and lay it on the wood and I will not put fire under it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God.
1: And all the people said,
0: That, that is, is a, a good idea. idea.
1: So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal,
0: Choose one ox for yourselves and prepare it for first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it.
1: Then they took the ox which was given them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying,
2: O Baal, answer
1: us! But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they made. It came about at noon that Elijah mocked them and said,
0: Call out with a loud voice, for he is a god. Hmm, either he is occupied, or maybe he's gone aside. Or maybe he's in the bathroom, or maybe he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and needs to be awakened. Ah, who knows where he is.
1: So they cried with a loud voice and cut themselves according to their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out on them. When midday was past, they raved until the end of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice. No one answered and no one paid attention.
0: Our crickets button is not working, but we were planning on playing some crickets <laughs> yes. right there.
1: What happened, Damon? Then Elijah said to all the people,
0: Come near to me.
1: So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying,
0: Israel shall be your name.
1: So with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two measures of seed. Then he arranged the wood and cut the ox in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said,
0: fill four pitchers with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood
1: and he said
0: do it a second time
1: and they did it a second time and he said
0: do it a third time
1: and they did it a third time the water flowed around the altar and he also filled the trench with water at the same at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice elijah the prophet came near and said o
0: oh lord the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their heart back again.
1: Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said,
0: The, the Lord, he, he is God. God. The, the Lord, he is God. Lord, he is God. And Oh, maybe. Oh, shoot. I forgot. I, there was another uh, sound effect that we were thinking about playing that <laughs> isn't
2: working. That's an intense story, or maybe you guys just
0: made it more intense. (laughs)
1: Did you like that? Well, we had the
0: drama queen in here, so we (laughs) wanted to make sure that we we were able to do it in a fun, dramatic way.
2: (laughs) Yes. That was a perfect story to do that, though, with.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty intense story, and I really enjoy it. And one of the cool things that stands out to me is, did you know what Elijah's name means?
1: No, No. What does it mean,
0: Damon? Elijah's name means, the Lord, he is God. Hmm. And so it's funny because at the end, the way that they end the story, it says they were all proclaiming the Lord. He is God. Right. So what were they saying? It, they probably were saying Elijah. Right. It's like double meaning. They're saying Elijah, Elijah. <laughs> and really, they're saying hmm. they're they're cheering for the winner of the the battle because Elijah won. But at the same time, they're also cheering for God. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. But Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: So dramatic we don't know what to say now <laughs> Brett um, well I guess I missed a lot in service if, if all of that took place but
0: well it didn't take place because, but because Pastor Robert just kept saying oh well you guys know the story you guys know the story so it would probably worked out really well that we were gonna read the story today on the podcast.
2: Yeah, so I guess now everybody knows the story and they're going to remember it because of your guys' uh <laughs> live action, live action of the Bible story.
0: Well, when we were practicing, we were also kind of trying to do it as a WWE wrestler. So hopefully, you guys are happy that we went this direction and not that direction.
1: No, no, no. I I think we need to hear that, Damon.
0: The if Elijah were on the mountain, yes, he said, yes. "If you smell <laughs> what Yahweh is cooking." <laughs> So, as we're continuing this series about standing strong, I really appreciate this story because Elijah, you know, he was the last prophet that stood strong. A lot of the other prophets, they were being hunted down by King Ahab because of his wife Jezebel. They wanted to put to death all the prophets of Yahweh. Mm. And so, a lot of the prophets were in hiding. And Elijah was the last one standing, right? And it says in the chapter before that Obadiah, who was another prophet, had taken the other prophets of of Israel, and hidden them so that they wouldn't be killed. But Elijah was the one that didn't go into hiding, and he was still standing strong. Mm. And so I really feel like that is appropriate for us in this season, because there might be times for us in our faith where we have to stand alone for God. And so this is kind of a cool story, and we try to make it fun and dramatic. But really, this is a picture of what it could look like for us as believers, where we have to stand firm for our faith, but. The cool thing is that God responded when they, he was put to the challenge, mm. right? He was put to the yeah. challenge and they put it on God or Elijah put it on God to say, hey, bring down fire. I'm going to even make it harder, right? Like he poured the, the water fire. on mm-hmm. and he said, do it again, do it again, do it again, right? And and God showed up and God showed up on the altar mm-hmm. by bringing the fire down to take up the sacrifice. So Agnes, you were kind of talking a little bit about that in our prep, some of the parts about, that Pastor Robert had brought out in terms of uh, repairing the altar and bringing the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Would you like to expand a little bit on on that?
1: Sure, sure. So, I mean, uh, first, I just want to say that it's amazing, like what you said, right? That he would have the guts. I mean, it takes some guts, right? Mm. To not just have some. It takes a lot of I know, guts, no, right? Like <laughs> in that in that setting, like you're in front of all these people and all these things. You know, they just did this crazy crazy show and nothing happened and and you are relying on God it's like please God you know show yourself right so I mean I just that's so courageous and he he had so much faith I think that's that's such a model and an example to us to have to to be standing strong you actually have to have that much faith Mm -hmm. because he knows that God will come through and because of that he's able to have that strength Uh, But what I thought also was interesting is um, how Pastor Robert said that you can't, the fire cannot come down like that unless you have a sacrifice and an altar, Mm -hmm. right? And that Mm -hmm. you've prepared that altar. So that I think really struck me because I thought, wow, you know, if I'm asking for the fire of God, like, am I ready Mm -hmm. for it to come down and consume me? And what does that mean? What does that look like? What is that challenge to me? Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the hardest things that we get comfortable in our culture today, in our lives, and we just live our lives. And then to think, if we're actually challenged, would we come through? Would we be able to be like Elijah and stand firm and say, no, this is what I believe, or I'm not going to do this because this goes against my, you know, beliefs in the Lord? So that's that struck me.
2: That's a good word. I... I from, from hearing the story again and and you sharing the points that Pastor Rob was talking about too, um, it's actually really cool that the lesson that I was teaching wasn't based off of Elijah, but part of it, what came up was um, kind of like this comparison of fear versus faith. Mm-hmm. And so seeing this story, um, I explained to the middle schoolers that right now we're, we're in a series of blessing others and praying for others. And so we've been going into service and, and praying for people. And it comes with obstacles and it comes with fear. And I, I wanted to talk to them about some of the kind of obstacles or blocks that they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the fear versus faith came up. And the reason why I feel like it relates to this Elijah thing is I shared with them that when we pray for people or when we do things That the lord is calling us to do or when we ask god to give us a word or highlight something it's easy for us to get fearful because we feel like well you know and it was shared like what if i don't have the right words what if i don't say it well what if i don't and you know i think those are all valid concerns but the thing about god is like elijah had this full expectancy that god was going to show up Mm -hmm. right Imagine the courage that he had had to have, but also he had that much faith where he's like, "All right, you want to like do a challenge? Like he has this this, as Pastor Sam would say, Godfidence that like no, it, it's gonna happen. So I know like I know what's gonna happen for me. I know what I'm gonna do. And so in that same way, I was I was sharing with our middle schoolers like, you know, God wants the quote unquote pressure, mm-hmm. right? Like you, it's not so much that we're testing God because we don't think he can do something, but it's more testing him because we know he can, mm-hmm. right? This expect, expectancy that God is going to show up. Mm-hmm. And so the, the words that we pray, the things that we ask of God, where it's, whether it's God, bring your fire down, mm-hmm. or it's, hey, God, bless this person in, in this way. Mm-hmm. We're not the ones that are doing it per se, but we have the ex- faith and expectancy that, okay, I, I trust and believe in a God who hears me, that knows my heart and wants to bless this person. And so in that same way, it's like, okay, God, bring it down. Okay, God, like, let's do it because it's going to come from him. It's not going to come from me. And so um, I I feel more affirmed in even the lesson that I taught, knowing that, you know, in, in some of those ways, standing firm is wanting to instill some confidence and some expectancy because I think a lot of times we feel like, you know, we messed up or how could God let that happen? And, and sometimes I feel like I've personally felt the connotation of standing firm of like, you feel like you're on shaky ground or your backs against the wall. And that may be true, but if you have this expectancy that God's going to show up, then the way that you stand firm, it isn't in fear and it isn't on with wobbly knees. It's more like, all right, you asked for it. Here it comes because God's going to do it. And so, um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I, and the the middle schoolers pumped me up because once we went into service and they did, they did an awesome job, and so it, it made me feel really um, proud of them and just like stoked that okay, no God, God is moving and working, and and they're getting to experience that, and so I hope that as enthusiastic as you two were in reading it, that <laughs> that our middle, middle schoolers are are starting to feel that with um, seeing how they can stand firm and, and walk in the ways that God is, is, is calling them.
0: Yeah. I'm really appreciative of you um, giving the, our kids that opportunity to step in and take some leaps of faith in a group setting where, you know, they're covered by you and your helpers mm-hmm. and they're covered by each other, but you know, they're still having to take steps of faith. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a, a protected way to do it you know, as opposed to some of us that didn't do that until we were adults. And it's kind of like, I got to do this on my own, right? So I really appreciate you helping them to step into that at such a young age and inviting them to participate, right? Because one of the things that Pastor Robert had talked about in his sermon was that God can do all of these things himself, right? Mm. Like in the Elijah story, he could have taken and burned up the sacrifice by himself. He didn't need Elijah to be there to do that, Mm but he invited him to participate because God wants us to participate in what he's doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in a similar way, God can do all of these amazing things in our people at church. He could speak directly to them, but he's invited us to participate in that. So you're inviting our middle schoolers to participate in hearing God's voice and giving blessings and words to other members of the congregation. And you're just modeling that, right? That God is, wanting us to participate in what he's doing. And it's not just, oh, God's going to do what God's going to do, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but God is actually inviting us to participate in the ways that he's trying to bless and heal the world.
1: Yeah, and I think that's also just a perfect picture of relationship and how the Lord just wants relationship with us. Mm. And so, like you said, Damon, he could just do it, you know? He could just do it, but instead of just doing it himself, he wants to invite us to participate because he wants that relationship with us. And that's just such a beautiful picture. And I think that's happening too, Brett, with you and, and the, the junior high ministry is just that you're helping them and coming alongside them and building a relationship with them so that they aren't fearful to go out and try these things. So that's so good. We're so appreciative of that.
2: Yeah, I, I am challenged on my own and they keep me on my toes. And so I think in that same way, I've, I've been able to learn from them and learn in my experience with that. And it's been challenging me to because I, I tell them the things that I'm asking them to do, I'm not just going to sit on the sideline. So I, I'm in there doing it too. And it's, it's, you know, I told them, yeah, sometimes I get scared or it's hard for me. And so um, I think we're all trying to um, become a little bit more like Elijah in our own ways. And so I'm glad that we have that opportunity to do it all together.
0: One of the things that you were mentioned earlier that I think is kind of a cool paradigm for us is how often are we stepping into things with a, an expectancy mm. that God is going to yes. show up, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, you know, for for a lot of us, there's we get more of the negative side, right? Like, Definitely. oh, God's not going to speak to me. God, oh, God doesn't speak to me. Oh, God's not going to do that. Or, And we kind of put God in this box instead of approaching things with this expectancy, Mm -hmm. you know, and it kind of brings to mind like, like Peter when Jesus is walking on the water and he says, Oh Lord, if that's you call me out to come with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And what's he expecting? Like, is he going to, is he expecting to just fall in and drown? Mm Right. No, he's not going to step out of the boat unless he's expecting that he's going to be able to walk on the water as well. Right. And so I think for us, that's kind of a paradigm shift that, the Lord is maybe wanting us to think about is do we need to change how we're viewing things from a spirit and a place of not expecting or expecting God to not do something to a place of expecting God to do something big.
2: Yeah. I think you were sharing too about hope and I think some of that expectancy comes with the hope. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was something that I shared previously that was difficult for me. And so even this expectancy is something that as I'm, you know, been teaching and and sharing different aspects. It's something that I'm continuing to try to learn and and grow in. And, um, you know, I've been in places where when you don't have that expectancy, things get real tough, right? Your outlook is just way different and it's way more grim. And um, there's definitely a limit to what you feel like life is or what God can do. But the expectancy in a weird way, it it's scary because it's almost like you're like, well, I don't want to be let down by God, right? And that's how I used to, to feel is like, well, I feel like I've already been let down or, you know, just the negative thoughts that come with that. But when, I, when I've been learning and, and trying to grow and in, in being able to be expectant upon the Lord, you actually release a lot more of your own control and it actually takes the pressure some of the pressure off of you mm-hmm. where it feels like it would put more pressure because you're like, this has to happen, this has to happen. Mm-hmm. But when it's more like, Okay, God, well, if you want me to do this, then you know, I can only do so much. So you're gonna make it happen. It's like I have only my faith to hold on to. And then it's like, all right, I just gotta stand back and when once God does it or move okay, now you. Now I have to do my part, or I have to continue to be obedient in that way, and so I've actually asked Pastor Barry before, like, how do you do this, or you've shared this, and he's like, it's, it's like God, and when, when he, he's like, it's all God, and what I mean by that is like, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, God, if you're telling me to do this, well, I can't do this, so you're gonna show up and do it, and I was like, what a Bold move. (laughs) It's like, dang, he has the audacity. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's not, you know, it's like a healthy fear and challenge of the Lord that like, okay, God, I can't do this. And so if you're calling me to this, I'll be obedient, but like you have to do the work because I can't make this happen or I can't figure this out. But if you do, I will continue to move forward or I will continue to stand firm or whatever it might be. And so I heard that it definitely, um, changed my paradigm and I had to kind of wrestle with it and I still go through it but um it's it's it can be hard but it's a fun wrestling because when you see God move and show up and and you feel aligned with it there's no real other feeling like that Mm
1: -hmm. yeah absolutely that is that is quite a feeling I think it's nice because what happens is it becomes that we're not reliant on our own strength and mm. our own abilities, but that we're reliant on the Lord fully. And cause I've noticed that I noticed that, especially I do uh, deliverance ministry and prayer ministry. And when God, God shows up in every one of those sessions mm. Mm. and we don't know what's going to happen. And so every time we do that, it's like a expecting the Lord to show up. Mm. And I've, I'm always feeling like in this place, I don't know what you want for this person today, so you just please show us, right, and talk to the to the person today. And he does. Every time, faithfully, he shows up. And it's things that we didn't think about or we didn't think that it was going to go a certain place, and then it went to that place because that's exactly what the person needed at that time. And so the beauty of it is that We can't reproduce it. It's just basically, okay, Lord, we're here. Just use us and use us how you want to use us. And then when things happen, then all the glory goes to him, Mm. right? Because it's all on his strength because we could do nothing without him.
0: Would you guys go as far to say as you get what you expect? So, like, if you expect to be let down, then you'll probably end up getting let down. But if you expect God to do show up big...
1: Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes we expect him to show up big and he shows up even bigger. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I I would, I would say, I would probably say in in general, yes. I I think with, I mean, without trying to get too deep into an analytical, (laughs) I think there is even layers to your expectancy Mm. that is probably another topic for another time because that's even like you know. How far are we gonna peel back that idiot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your perspective and different things like that. Because it, if you have kind of like the wrong expectation too, like Okay, I guess if you're expecting to God for God to show up, he may do it in a way that you Didn't expect, Ah, but but it still happened. You know what I mean? So it's
0: like he shows up big, but not in the way that you you were hoping that he or that you were wanting him to show up.
2: Yeah, and so I think sometimes people feel like I don't see God or I don't feel like God does stuff for me. But from the outside, somebody else could say, "Well, didn't this happen?" And you're like, "Well, I thought it was going to happen like this, right?" Or I thought God was going to do this. And so I think you know that's just more of the detail of the matter but i i would say there is um yeah a lot of what what you expect you know it it, god is is faithful to that as well and i mean i think it's sometimes it's better to just not have an expectation of what god's gonna do but expect him to show up and then from there it's like whatever happens yeah,
0: I mean, I think that's why I like the way that you phrase it earlier is having an expectancy, mm. not necessarily an expectation, mm. right? An expectation is kind yeah. of it's kind of like a you're wanting it to happen a specific way, yeah, right? Where an expectancy is more of an like an action where you're you're hoping you're expecting God to just show up and do something, yeah, not necessarily He has to do it this way for sure, but I'm expecting Him to to do something.
1: Oh, that's really good, Dana. yeah. That's really good.
2: Yeah, I, I think if if you're sitting there with an open you know mind and heart and saying okay however god shows up is how he's going to show up then i i think that's a better place to, definitely a, the better place to be than to say okay god you need to do this um even though elijah told him to bring fire but <laughs> i i think there are certain times when you are aligned with god you can you know ask for certain things and 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 be looking for certain things and and god will honor that as well. He's not just going to be like, well, you thought this, so I'm going to do this. I I think when we're more aligned and in tune with him and his spirit, then, you know, we're able to see things more the way that he does. We're able to experience things the way that he wants us to, and um, it kind of matches some of that expectancy.
0: Okay, so do you think that that could be the thing that we sacrifice, right? Because earlier, Agnes, you had said that, you know, when Pastor Robert was mentioning bringing the fire down, right? There needed to be a sacrifice for the fire to come down. Mm. So do you think that those expectations could be some of the part of the sacrifice? Like I have to sacrifice what I'm expecting it to look like or to be in order for God to show up in this big way, because he's going to show up in a different way than I was expecting. Like, what if the fire had come, you know, he said, I just want it to burn up like coals, right? Like coals come from the bottom, but God wanted to bring fire from from heaven, mm. right? And ah. so what if his expectation was that? Like, yeah. I want fi- I want this thing to burn up. And he's like, I'm go- I want it to come this way. But God was like, I want it to come from heaven. So he had to let go of that expectation that the fire was going to come from the bottom up mm-hmm. because the fire was actually going to come from the top down.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's part of surrendering, right? Surrendering what we want, surrendering what we think is going to happen. And then just letting God do it. So yeah, I definitely think that's a sacrifice. Because sometimes you do want it a certain way, right? You think, oh, it would be so good if this is how it happened. But the Lord actually knows us better than we know ourselves. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes the way he does it is in a way that we couldn't even imagine. But it's even better. And that we can't even fathom. So because God is good. I think God is good all the time. And so... That's what's so nice if we, we just trust in his goodness and then just have faith in that way, then he can do the rest.
0: Amen.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I I think that our, our expectations and so many, so many things that we battle within our flesh, right, is, is, is that sacrifice because i mean just echoing yeah if, if it's more of god then it's going to be better than what we could even do on our own mm-hmm. to the nth degree so um whatever that is that we can lay lay out as a sacrifice whatever we can give up and let go of as a surrender you know god will replace as much as you give up and give you more and so yeah, I think the more that we can—I mean, that's the whole aspect of, like, dying to yourself, right? The more that you're able to give up and become more like God is going to be better.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you had more to say. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't want like, to no. go off track and
2: talk all Preach it, brother. Keep going. I don't want to go off track and just—I mean, because there's so many different thoughts going in my head and different weight, but yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I think too. I was just thinking about when you're saying that 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 God, you know, shows up in different ways, and then thinking the next story, right, of Elijah, and how God's voice, right, mm. did not come in this like loud,
0: mm.
1: not in the wind, not in the thunder, whatever, and then
0: and maybe next time voice. Agnes comes on, we will read that one in a dramatic
1: way. Too. <laughs> Yeah, you or, need to fix that cricket button.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> or maybe Agnes should just have her own podcast <laughs> where she just reads the entire Bible for us.
1: Oh, and, and I can be Elijah?
2: <laughs> yeah, you could just, you could read everything and it'll just be The really-
0: 2024 Bible reading plan <laughs> by Dr. Agnes. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. But I think for me, one thing that's been really cool is just like even today, ex having an expectancy that we're going to have a lot of fun and it really ended up being a lot of fun. So Mm -hmm. we just wanted to say thanks Agnes for coming on and being a part of this and making this such an enjoyable episode to be a part of. I thought it was really good and just your insights and Brett as well, your insights have been just awesome to hear and really encouraging in, in our faith. And I think that's really, you know, that's what we want this podcast to be about is a way that we can encourage each other in our faith. And so for all of you out there listening, the word of the day is expectancy. So may you expect that God is going to do great things. And until next time, may you experience God's heart for you to flourish in every season. Thanks for listening to the Engage to Flourish podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so that you don't miss any new content. You can also check out our sister podcast, Catalyst Stories, available on multiple platforms as well. We would also love for you to check out our church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Stanford Middle School in Long Beach.